Welcome to Lost or Found with Dr. Michelle Choi, the podcast where we think about how we can live healthier, happier, and more fulfilled lives. And now here's the host of the show, Dr. Michelle Choi. Hi, thanks for joining us today. We're going to talk about yoga with Daisy Thayer. According to the National Institutes of Health, there is scientific evidence that shows that yoga supports stress management, mental health, mindfulness, healthy eating, weight loss, and quality of sleep. I've always really liked yoga, and I've not always made enough time for yoga. But there is something to be said about how your whole body feels and responds to stretching. And sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it's not so easy. You choose. My goal is to include a weekly yoga class back into my week, and I'm hoping that I'll increase my likelihood of doing so since I found Daisy again. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this, but I'm on another personal journey. I've decided to be consistently more plant-based, and an easy way I found that I can do this is by including more lentils into my diet. I've been more plant-based before, but somehow it increased my intake of sugar. I've also been bordering on veganhood. Not that I feel especially strongly about it, although there is a lot of evidence for health. But I've not been including the processed stuff like vegan cheeses, while also trying to minimize my added sugar intake. Sugar is like a drug for me. And I've noticed my inner animal comes out very easily, maybe too easily. But something I've also been doing most days of the week for about 15 minutes are Surya Namaskars, also known as sun salutations. Just in case you don't know, it's a yoga sequence or asana, 12 steps in all, that could be considered a yoga warm-up sequence. This is all the yoga I do for 15 minutes a day. Fine, it's true, I do like the lazy way, I can't deny that. But I turn on some relaxing music, I memorize the steps, and you can look up the steps on the internet. It's stuff you know, forward bend, raising your arms slowly so that they rise sort of past your trunk, folding again slowly at your waist, then bringing one of your legs back for a lunge as you gently lunge forward with your hands on the ground. Then you get into a plank, slowly lower, then a cobra pose at your level of comfort, then a downward dog. Then you lunge forward on the other leg and you can technically go back to the forward bend. But I like to add on another plank lowering onto the floor, then cobra, and another downward dog, and then I start over again. All of this while taking deep breaths. I like to go at a slow pace. It can be confusing, so find a video if you can't understand the picture chart of the sequence. Yoga is like medicine. I started doing these sun salutations asana for about 15 minutes a day, because I've read that this sequence is helpful for diabetic and overweight people. I started because I was curious to see if it could help me, and I continue to do it because frankly, it's relaxing. 
This relatively simple sequence, which involves twisting and stretching the internal muscles, is known to stimulate the endocrine system and the pancreas. It promotes blood flow to the pancreas, aiding the insulin production in the body, keeping the blood sugar levels in check. Who knew a yoga sequence or asana could keep blood sugars in check? But this is something that you can add easily into your life to get healthier. It's not even a pill. It's just yoga. So I've been doing this for about two weeks, the yoga. And I'm going to be really honest. I've been having a real hard time losing weight for health as I've reached my all-time high in weight. Before when I became plant-based, I ate too much sugar because sugar isn't an animal. Wrong. (laughs) I've been plant-based for about three and a half weeks now. I'm sure a lot of us feel this way, but my body holds on to weight and I work out consistently. I seriously didn't see myself lose any weight until three weeks in, believe it or not. I was again at the point where I was wondering if I should give up. And then suddenly I find myself having lost seven pounds. As I've mentioned, I've also been doing my simple yoga sequence daily because of the evidence I mentioned, but also it's calming to me. Granted, I've had some blips. Like I went crazy on Halloween and I paid for that evening of sugar. Yesterday, I went to the Korean supermarket and I saw Korean fried chicken and well, I secretly ate the chicken wings alone in my car, licked my fingers, even though that was not in line with my current said dietary lifestyle. Sure, I felt guilty, but it was very tasty and I discarded the evidence before I returned to Santa Cruz. I also bought marinated octopus yesterday. I ate some of it, but then I couldn't continue as I started thinking about that charming movie on Netflix, My Octopus Teacher. That octopus was special, and the idea that an octopus could have feelings, well, that ruined it for me, so I ended up throwing it out. On today's show, I'm excited to introduce Daisy Thayer. I met her when she was the instructor at my HIT classes. It was the heyday of the pandemic, and I used to go to the 6 a.m. class. Classes were outside. Sometimes it was in the 40s when classes began. She profoundly helped my sanity. And even when we were struggling in the midst of it, she would shout out such inspirational messages that really made me pause and think, and continue. Her messages would stay with me during the day, and I found her truly inspirational. Daisy Thayer is a local Santa Cruz yoga and fitness instructor. She has been leading group fitness for the past seven years and received her college degree in kinesiology. She has a deep-rooted passion for mindful movement and assisting others to connect with the best version of themselves through exercise, whether it be yoga, Pilates, or strength training. Yoga has provided her with balance, peace, and alignment, and she looks forward to sharing these life-changing elements with you. 
Welcome to Lofter Found, Daisy. It's so good to see you again. Thank you for having me. I've always loved like your positivity and your spirit when we when we would work out together. So thank you for being here. Such an honor to be a part of the fitness field and implement all those little yoga vibes that I have into <laughs> such a different atmosphere, right? We were strength training, a lot of intense movement and whatnot, and there's the yoga. Yeah. And it just proves to everyone that it doesn't have to be such a vinyasa or Bikram or yin style practice. It's whatever you make of it. I think that's how our connection really grew. I love that because it's totally true. Like when we were like even warming up, you would you would say things out loud that would really just make me stop and pause as I'm, you know, I don't know, doing like a bicep press or something, right. you know, like just to think <laughs> about it because it would really strike me what you would say and also lift my spirits. But thank you. You're a very active part of my morning. Thank you. <laughs> very active 6 a.m. crew. That was a very interesting time, right? It was outside, cold. It was during we the pandemic. Pandemic, really heightened emotion. Yeah. And it was a treat to be able to arrive to a group of people that were willing to show up for themselves, rain or shine, pandemic or no pandemic, inside or outside. And that's what brought the yoga to that environment. I, always start with the yoga with everything I do. And more and more as I get older, I've found ways to implement it in a way that isn't such a asana, isn't such a Mm -hmm. physical sign me into class, lay down the mat. It happens drinking my morning coffee or my evening tea or maybe holding back when I'm feeling heated in the moment. Those are where the yoga-isms come into play. And then when, if you can practice that on your mat, of course, I mean, hand in hand, the asana goes right into that breath with movement, staying in the present moment, keeping your cool. And it's, it's just a beautiful process. (laughs) I love it. I'm really passionate about it. So (laughs) I'm really excited about today, but as we begin, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah. I was born and raised in Santa Cruz. I went to Santa Cruz High and had always been an athlete my whole mm-hmm. life. I did junior guards in Capitola, lots of swimming, running, surfing, and I was a competitive swimmer for about 10 years. Once I got into high school, I got excited about water polo, which was a lot more aggressive than I thought. It was going to be. And I ended up blowing out my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Both of them? Both of them. Oh, my gosh. It was a really hard time for me. I was at the peak of my swim career looking to get recruited for colleges. And my doctor told me that I couldn't swim again. And the only way I could is if I went and got surgery. Mm -hmm. And due to circumstances within my family, I I couldn't pursue that surgery. Mm -hmm. And so physical therapy was the next best thing and not swimming. (laughs) So I did the physical therapy and I was feeling restless. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the stretch. I enjoyed some of the exercises, but I, I wanted more. And because I came from an athlete background, 
I wanted to sweat. I wanted to feel like I was getting something out of it. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I was swimming was such a great thing for me because you just you're in the pool, you're in the water. And you don't hear anything else besides your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three strokes, inhale, three strokes, inhale. It's a consistent pattern of breath and movement. And one of my close girlfriends had discovered a heated yoga studio in mm-hmm. Aptos and, or excuse me, in Santa Cruz and invited me to come take a class with her. I'm thinking, hot room that sounds <laughs> insane but i'll try it sure it sounds like menopausal <laughs> hell <laughs> yeah i'm like 30 sweaty people surrounding me everyone's breathing all heavy uh-uh. i walk out of that room and i was exhausted i was drenched in sweat i was challenged in ways that mm-hmm. i had never been challenged but i was inspired in a way that i had never been inspired learning how to balance, learning how to flow movements together, and yet receive that exercise that I craved as an athlete. And it was like this perfect pendulum swing Mm -hmm. of effort and ease that I only found in yoga. So I started coming back. Okay, I'll do the new student special, whatever Mm -hmm. it is you want me to do. And I find myself taking two classes a day. Find myself going, you know, more than once a week, more than twice a week. Next thing you know, I'm going five to six days a week. I was Mm -hmm. just obsessed with it. And I was getting strong. And I really appreciated the strength I was receiving physically coming from an athletic background. I kind of lost that when I had to stop swimming. Mm -hmm. What else am I going to do? I don't do any other sports and I can't do the ones that I'm passionate about. And when I run, I get shin splints. (laughs) So what do I do? And yoga, the hot room, um, hot Pilates just really saved me, saved my mental, saved my physical. And to this day, it's become a lifestyle for me. Mm -hmm. Whether I'm in that hot room every day or not, I'm able to integrate the mindset of it into other things that I do. In fact, it's what drove me back to go and finish my degree, San Jose mm-hmm. State. I was very passionate about exercise and the science of it and got my degree in kinesiology. Congratulations. Thank you. And that's actually when we met was my last term at university. I was interning. Everything was virtual, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to commute over the hill as often. And I was teaching strength training, which was just such a different element for me, totally out of my comfort zone. And I had listened to a podcast about stepping out of your comfort zone. I think it was like a Marie Forleo podcast, something Mm -hmm. like that. And they were mentioning, you know, stepping out of that comfort zone and taking that leap of faith is what's going to cause growth, that discomfort is what's going to cause you to grow and bloom and help you find your divine meaning in this life. And I always thought, well, yoga is where my heart is. And I'm going to try to implement that into my strength training classes, however I can. Maybe it's in the Mm -hmm. warm-up. Maybe it's in the cool-down. Maybe it's certain things that I say while I'm leading the movements 
because it's cold outside and everyone's, you know, a little tired at 6 a.m. How can I integrate those words of wisdom to these people to help them feel seen and heard and loved in the way that I like to feel when I'm taking a yoga class? And I think part of the reason was because I was experiencing a little bit of imposter syndrome, knowing that, you know, I wasn't a personal trainer just yet. I was about Mm -hmm. to take my certification. I was about to get my degree in kinese. I was doing all the things to make me, you know, on paper be who I am. But I was nervous. I was surrounded by all these gym people versus a bunch of yogis, Mm -hmm. you know. That shocked me because, (laughs) first of all, I didn't even know your background was in yoga, you know. And you're so, like, it was outside, like, in the darkness at 6 a.m. People are on their parking space, right? That was, like, the allotted (laughs) parking space amount of room. And you would speak so loudly and so heard and with, you know, you seem so confident. And then you would give these words of wisdom in the middle of it during the whole flow of that, you know, boot camp-like workout. I'm shocked, you know. <laughs> and don't you think sometimes wonder, like, it begins somewhere. Even if you feel like an imposter, that's okay. But as long as you keep on moving. But to me, hearing you, like, literally, like, you were like the sunshine in the night. Oh, you're so kind, Michelle. <laughs> the light in the darkness, right? And, I, and that was the period of, like, the pandemic, like, really in it. Uh, yes, I couldn't agree more. It was a really intense time for everyone. Everyone has their story. Mm-hmm. I could say the same about myself. I was going through my own ups and downs and, you know, waking up at 4.30 in the morning every day was, <laughs> you know, wake up at 4.30, start the coffee, enjoy my coffee for 15 minutes, leave the house by 4.45. You know, I mean, it was oh just, it was a grind. It was a steady grind and it was really inspiring to show up to... 15, 20 people just ready to roll outside. And maybe people who needed you to help them show what's within themselves. That is what got me up in the morning. You know? People like you who were just happy to be there. And I mean that from a really authentic, loving place. That 6 a.m. crew sticks with me and has a very special place in my heart through that time in all of our lives. It was a very fragile, uncertain moment with politics with the pandemic and with kind of how the future was going to go. It was just really uncertain. There was new rules every day. Definitely. (laughs) A whole deck of cards, different rack Mm -hmm. each day. And you're like, what? Okay. I think (laughs) sometimes with yoga, the, the balance that you get from doing yoga is more obvious, you know? Because I think like with other workouts sometimes, like you realize with time, and maybe that's true with yoga, with yoga as well. But like, I think that balance of the mind, the emotion and the physical is, it's like so much more obvious when you do it. Yeah, it is. Like how you feel, it almost feels more like an active meditation. I agree. 100% agree. Um, Breath with movement in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm allows the brain to stay present. When you're conscientious of how you react and how you move, even, you know, as simple as how you react during a fitness class. I see it all the time. Okay, guys, we're doing this movement, whatever it is. Three people start doing it. The other three 
They're rolling their eyes. They're dragging their feet to it. They don't want to do it. And I don't blame them, (laughs) you know, if they don't want to do it. But that alone, it causes a domino effect. If your alarm clock goes off at 6 a.m., you pop up out of bed and you start your pot of coffee and you just get going with your routine. You don't even think twice about it because you know if you do that, it will benefit you. Mm -hmm. Getting your ducks in a row so that by 7 o'clock you're ready to go or whatever time it is. But you're making that continuous effort to show up for yourself and instead of 6 a.m., wake up, you're mad, maybe you press snooze, you're dreading what you have to do even though you do it every day. It's all perspective. Um, Your body is going to react sluggish in that way because there's a mental resistance to it. And I feel the same way about exercise. If you aren't hopping to it, then your body's not going to react the way you want it to. Mm -hmm. And the the special thing behind that is it's not necessarily like, okay, you're going to do a dumbbell snatch really, really well if you have a positive mindset. No, but you're going to try the best that you can. You're going to try to get even one rep. And even if it's that one rep, feel proud of it versus Mm -hmm. slowing down the pace, picking up the dumbbell, maybe, you know, doing, you know, half half energy to pick it up and then you end up hurting yourself and then it's a real domino effect um and that's where the yoga comes in I mean it's really a mental practice is the way I see it it's it's how you show up for yourself mentally and just taking that time to react in an appropriate way that represents you how do you want people to recognize you when they see you Mm -hmm. and how do you want to recognize yourself when you look in the mirror it's it's just as important yeah, I think it's definitely like to be conscientious, like yes. even if you're really, really busy in your day, you know, yeah. to show up and be conscientious, to be in the moment, you know, because one of the reasons why I love yoga is because I can really let it go in yoga. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like let yes. go of all the things I need to do and yeah. just be there. Yeah. And of course I get lazy, but <laughs> it's really true. Like yoga makes me feel better in terms of like the whole person. I agree. And there's something to be said about a guided practice mm-hmm. versus a at-home practice. I think they're both outstanding and everyone should have their own version of a five to ten minute yin in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, but something about having someone guide you. Mm. into a practice. I've noticed this. um, I've gone through phases in my life where I'm teaching, 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 and not really creating or have enough time in my schedule to practice. And that's hard. It's really hard um, to not be able to really practice what you're preaching. And from a student's perspective, I think it's important to sit back and listen to someone guide you. And and like you said, in order to really release and let go, it's that's what the yoga is there for. When someone just tells you, okay, slide your right leg back, lean forward, now you're in pigeon pose. Mm-hmm. That alone, those, you know, five to six words are, they keep you present. You're listening to someone else tell you. You're not distracted by your own thoughts. You're waiting for the next movement. And it really helps you let go. And I, I oftentimes find People are able to troubleshoot their own personal problems, whether it's with family or work or internal 
after yoga because mm-hmm. they're able to prioritize what is really bothering them in the first place and if it's worth putting any more energy into. There's yeah. nothing like the present moment. Like <laughs> shutting the louder thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. to let the baby quieter thoughts come true because the quieter thoughts may be the actual truth. Yes, exactly. The loud ego can step in sometimes. And I feel mad. I feel angry. I mm-hmm. feel this. And then when you take the ego out and you just analyze the situation from afar, you're still with it. Maybe you breathe into it a few breaths. You either realize that there's no reason to spend any more energy on that. Mm-hmm. And the universe is going to take care of it one way or another. There's no need to force anything. You might find a really wholesome way to approach that situation and solve it, create a solution and move forward. Yoga is special. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to and say. And do you think like <laughs> even the idea of like running into like special people like you, sometimes oh. like you have to show up. And I think that's it. I think it's also wonderful that people, you know, there's more options like the like YouTube yoga. But I think some it really ultimately doesn't seem like it replaces the actual human connection, like who you can meet, what interaction you can have, you know, to know where to go sometimes. There's nothing like an in-person class. Mm-hmm. It's so special in its own way. I think virtual classes are outstanding and it's helped a lot of people reconnect. I also have a huge heart for in-person environments, connection, meeting new people, uh, stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's a big, I tell my students to show all the up, time, actually. the hardest part mm-hmm. of this entire class is simply showing up. We all have dishes to clean, laundry to fold kids to pick up, groceries to shop for, that basket, there will always be something to pull out. Mm -hmm. But when you make that time to connect with yourself and you make yourself a priority, even for one hour, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, it goes so far. It goes so far and the consistency of it goes further. Yeah. You know, I really wonder, like, with um, so many people having, like, aches and pains, like, one of the most common diagnoses is, like, frozen shoulder because a lot of people don't really lift their arm above their head, you know? Yes. How important stretching really is. And there's nothing that feels as good as stretching sometimes. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I love me a good yin class where it's maybe five to seven postures max. And you're just holding these delicious pigeon pose, savasana, mm. That is my favorite pose, savasana. Yeah, so <laughs> Let gravity assist you here. My favorite is uh, there's a version of savasana that I enjoy. I implement it in almost every class uh, these days. A block underneath your pelvis while uh-huh. lying on your back. Knees bent, feet to the floor, head, shoulders, arms relaxed. And just letting your hips sink into the block while laying on your back. I mean, your lumbar spine is just completely relaxed. There's no effort and 100% support. I mean, it Mm -hmm. is such a great relaxing position. I try to practice it every day. 
<laughs> I try to encourage my mm-hmm. students to practice it every day. How many minutes a day do you practice that pose? Oh, it really depends on how tight I am back there. Mm-hmm. I usually lay in that pose for like five minutes. Wow. And I do different variations. So I'll, I'll stay there and then I'll take a knee hug of some kind while my hips are elevated. Mm-hmm. The other leg is extended forward and long and down into the ground. And with the hips elevated on the block, it allows your quad and your psoas of the extended leg Mm -hmm. to receive a stretch without even trying it. It's simply just resting on the floor, but the hips are up, which causes there to be extension across the front side of your body. Mm -hmm. The opposite leg that is being held in towards your shoulder is receiving a great stretch in the posterior chain, the underside, the backside of your body, up through your glutes, into your hamstring. So you're getting this 50-50 posterior and anterior chain stretch. Wow. And as a kines gal, it just like brings me joy when I get two birds in one stone with one movement. So I'm always like, yeah. Dude, so I do the neutral position, knee hug on one side, knee hug on the other. And then from there... It's been about five minutes, and I take the block out, slowly roll my hips down, let the knees fall open, and just take a full open face pose. Just let the quads relax. I mean, yoga and me are very good friends. Oh, my gosh. I think I've forgotten how much I missed you. And and then, like, hearing you talk about yoga, I need to go to one of your classes again. But, you know, something that I was thinking about also is that, you know, like, Oh, yeah. In terms of the lower back, it's amazing. Like in in life, like our lumbar spine, our lower back supports us constantly. But to be in a state where the lower back is supported, you know, know. to have an actual rest and not be active like that or uncomfortable. It's an emotional thing for a lot of people. I mean, I, I find myself and maybe because or the I'm amount a very of stress we carry person. there. Yeah, yeah. In the lumbar spine. Like how many people have low back pain? Oh, too many to count. <laughs> I remember when I was interning at a PT clinic, I was originally sending out to go to PT school. And my first half of my kines degree was working towards getting those classes and those credits so that I could apply to mm-hmm. physical therapy school. And so my first internship was actually at a physical therapy clinic. All of the clients, I mean, I'm talking like 80 to 90% of these clients had low back pain, restricted range of motion in their upper body and in their hips. And they're sitting all day mm-hmm. because they're in pain. And I don't think there's an issue with sitting. I think there is not enough awareness of what you can do while you are sitting to receive stretch and benefit. Because I understand the kinetic chain from the ankles, knees to the hips and beyond can be really sensitive. If you have hurt ankles, it could be hard to stand. Mm -hmm. If you have a torn ACL, it could be hard to stand. And so we're forced to sit down and that can be really humbling for a lot of people. Um, and that's uh, it just brings into the, the yoga into another category, chair yoga. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's very much a thing. And I, I wish there was more access to that outside of physical therapy clinics and 
more integrated into public settings like yoga mm-hmm. studios, gyms. Um, it, there needs to be some access for it. Even people who can stand and walk. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, since the population is getting older and they're getting living. getting older, yeah. A lot of people are working from home. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in the tech field. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's, there's always someone sitting at a desk. Why not give them some tips and tricks of the trade to mm-hmm. integrate um, into their work life so they don't feel like, well... I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some tips then for like chair yeah, yoga? Yeah, so uh, a while back, I I have functional scoliosis. I have a mm-hmm. very minor curve in my spine that has caused a muscle imbalance in my right and left side. Right side is much tighter than my left side, mm-hmm. which is again why the yoga just speaks to me because it always feels the best when I'm in my practice in a consistent way. Um, I was seeing a rolfer and I don't know if you've heard of rolfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really intense the hot massage. Air, right? It is actually a deep, deep tissue and myofascia release style mm-hmm. massage. There's, I believe, eight to 10 sessions total. And each session, the rolfer is working a different part of your body. And they're basically realigning your muscles, realigning your posture. And it's it's pretty intense. There's definitely some sessions that I had to just breathe into <laughs> it and be calm and not scream. <laughs> um, but it changed my life. Uh, I, I would love to see that gal again. Um, her name is Phoenix, and I'm blanking on her last name. But she worked at Thrive Medicine in Aptos. Mm-hmm. Outstanding woman. She, I was one of her last clients before she went and taught at a university in Arizona. Uh, they had recruited her to teach over there. And, I mean, it just makes sense because she was just such an angel at what she did. But she'd always give me advice on how to sit in a chair, stand in a chair, because I always had troubles with my back. With this curvature, it really mm-hmm. hurt me, and I was in school. Mm-hmm. So I was always sitting in a desk. One of the best tricks to date, and I, I try to do it when I can, but sitting in a chair, we always tend to sit at the very end of our chair mm-hmm. and use the backrest and recline. She says, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't sit back. She says, I'm going to tell you why. When you sit back, your hamstrings are completely relaxed, there's no support in the posterior chain and your upper back will naturally round. There, there's mm-hmm. just It's just completely off. So when you stand up, that rounding of your spine takes over time and it can cause a little bit of aching. When you are sitting at the edge of your seat, right where the head of your hamstring and your glutes begin, there's a little mm-hmm. transition in there. If you sit from there, your hamstrings are engaged your heels underneath your knees just slightly, automatically your spine mm-hmm. sits upright. And uh, so it's like even your ankles are active at that point. Exactly. You, mm-hmm. And you take about three deep breaths there. I usually do about three shoulder rolls there. I do some arm movements. And I try to integrate this even in my yoga classes mm-hmm. if I have someone sitting like on a block. Like side bends with the arm? Yes. And mm-hmm. then kind of sitting at the edge of their block and it's amazing how quick of a difference it makes in everyone's posture, just sitting on the edge and you're more engaged. Um, mm-hmm. Having a block or a water bottle or a little buzo ball to put in between 
your inner thighs is a great adduction exercise, getting that push in there, mm-hmm. abdominal exercise. I mean, these little things that are just not taught in physical education when you're in middle school or high school, right? We're all just no. testing out to see how many push-ups we can do and then on to chemistry or yeah. whatever the next I think considering is. the fact that like our jobs nowadays requires us to sit in a chair longer yes. and longer or or just going up to standing, but sometimes, you know... The transitions yeah. are harsh, right? They're like, harsh, yeah. Um, so how often would you recommend that? Like every hour or every two hours? Like Stretching really? mm-hmm, in while the chair. at work? At mm-hmm. work. Oh, man. Whenever you see fit. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself rounding forward, resting your head on your hand with the elbow on the chair, mm-hmm. that is a physical sign from your body to... Close your laptop, do a couple head stretches, mm-hmm. grabbing one hand to the other side of your head, tilting it in the opposite direction, breathing in that space. Um, some simple, you know, sit to stand motion, a couple squats, just sitting really low into your chair, coming back up to standing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend doing that whenever you start to feel yourself become sluggish. It's going to re-energize you mentally, physically getting blood flow into your body bring your heart rate up slightly because your heart rate tends to descend when you're sitting for a long time right Mm -hmm. sometimes catch yourself you're like did I just exhale for five minutes have I just been reading the same document (laughs) right Right? so it's it's good to check in um and if you find yourself doing that a lot then Mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity for you to stretch a bit more as well or even the way your neck bends to look at a computer that may be a little too low for you you know the amount of neck pain from just being still Mm -hmm. like not in the right way yeah and a lot of us are working from home these days too so if you have a home office space uh, taking a forward fold on Mm -hmm. your desk placing your hands on the edge of your desk standing and then kind of sending your hips back and taking, you know, a customized version of a downward dog, mm-hmm. feeling your shoulders roll back, letting the scapula roll down. It's a great sensation for the back. If you're rounding while you're sitting, typing, it's just mm-hmm. a great release. Um, there's, I mean, and even as a yoga instructor, I'm doing plenty of online stuff, mm-hmm. checking the emails, video calls, virtual classes. Um you know, there's we all have a place and time where we need to check in on the old device. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the times we're living in. Yeah. Um, so to be mindful and integrate time to stretch within your work mm-hmm. hours is valuable. So are more people coming out to the um out to the studios again then? Yes. Is it back to before what the before the pandemic? It's getting there. Mm-hmm. It's getting there. I think I had about 28 people in my heated Pilates class wow. before I came here. And it's been about 25 to 30 people on a consistent rate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new yoga studio that I've been teaching at a few days a week that's gradually starting to max out their capacity. And mm-hmm. they have a smaller space. So 15 to 20 people is almost mat to mat in this mm-hmm. studio. So it can be a little intense, but um, it's great to see it. I yeah. love to see it. I love community. 
it's so important for people to connect on that level. We all have our different lives outside mm-hmm. of here and we all can share that connection of we all want to be here. Totally. And I think sometimes like, especially with yoga, there's like a je ne sais quoi, you know, it's like, you know, when you just act, you know, meditate alone versus meditating with someone else or with yoga, like being doing it alone versus being in a room with people who have the same goal as you to be mm-hmm. in that moment. And it turns out to be together. There's a power to that. There is a power to that. And there's a power in a lot of what we put out in the universe. Mm -hmm. This month, I decided, I actually, I started planning this about a week and a half towards the end of October in preparation for the month of November um, to set an intention for the month ahead. Mm -hmm. Thoroughly planned out the calendar whether it was work and or personal things that I can be consistent with, wrote everything down, wake up at 6 a.m. every day, even if it's something I already do, Mm -hmm. just kind of re-instilling these goals for myself. And, and, you know, there's a reason behind them. There's a reason that I set out to start my day early. Mm -hmm. Um, And it might not be everyone else's goal, and that's okay. It's my personal goal because I know I do well when I get – I feel better when I get more done throughout my day, Mm -hmm. when I have time to do it. So wake up at 6 a.m., have my coffee. And while I have my coffee, I light a candle. And it usually takes me about 15, 20 minutes. I allow myself 15, 20 minutes to enjoy that hot cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. For other people, it could be tea. It could be lemon with water. Um, And I take that time to meditate with my cats. (laughs) Which is so funny, but it it really brings me a lot of joy. And um, the yoga in that is simply that I'm taking time to be present. Mm -hmm. You know, we wake up in the morning and it's go, 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 get dressed, leave, dress the kids. And um, I've set time to just have that quiet space, be with my cats. My cats are totally on board. They they know it. I mean, by 5.50, (laughs) Roxy is doing burnouts around the house just waiting for me to get up. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) ready. Um, And then I slowly get ready throughout my day. um, And I write in my journal once a day. And I've given myself permission to write whatever I want. It could Mm -hmm. be words. It could be a picture. It could be a paragraph. It could be how I'm feeling. Um, and then set aside 20 to 30 minutes reading, any kind of reading. I mean, it could be an educational book. It can be fiction, nonfiction, um, and some sort of movement. I've tried to integrate yoga into my everyday schedule and give myself grace if it's not in a heated environment. <laughs> I used to be really strict when I was younger in my youth and I just it's not yoga if I'm not sweating, if I'm not dripping sweat by the end of this class, if I'm not feeling completely fatigued and sore. That's the athlete in me. That's mm-hmm. the ego of my athlete. Um, and I've been working with my ego and how to create a partnership and not necessarily butt heads, not necessarily let one rise over the other, but just create a partnership with my ego and, and just give myself that grace to be the best version of myself, whatever that may be. It's going to constantly evolve throughout my life. And within my teaching practice, I would love to share that with other people and give other people permission to 
take rest during your class. What I offer you is a blueprint. You can simply build it up or build it down to make it your class. You could step out if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really cherish my one-on-one sessions. Those are special. Any any one-on-one clients I have, it's so rad to see them kind of get that aha moment. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Like, do are they the only ones doing it? And then you... Yes. Wow. Yeah. That must be kind of hard, too, as a client. Or do they really like it? They the love tutorial. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I try to provide a very safe environment uh-huh. for them. Um, like a trust. A trust. And most of my clients come in with some sort of plan or goal mm-hmm. or they have injuries, which is where my old PT classes mm-hmm. have paid off. I integrate that into any form of exercise that I am leading. Um, and the yoga is just a great implementation of stretch and chill and being present. The one-on-one sessions for me have been a huge growth in my life. Um, I was so scared of small group one-on-ones. I grew up in a group setting team environment, Mm -hmm. uh, competitive swimming, we would it would still feel like a team because it was a swim team. Mm-hmm. Everyone had their own event, um, but we would usually swim together. We'd all do the same stuff. Same with water polo. Um, with Pilates and yoga, it's a group setting. Some teaching to many bodies at once. Versus singular, there's a lot of intimate space there. And I, again, would get the imposter syndrome and freak myself out. Am I worthy of guiding this person and giving them tips on how to, you know, do this pose better, feel better when they're Mm -hmm. doing this pose and actually receive the benefits. That's where the growth happened. I really took a leap of faith when I started training clients privately, whether it was yoga or strength training or Pilates. Um, It helped me define my practice with a group setting too, because I was able to lead many bodies at once mm-hmm. with simple language. I used to talk, talk, talk through all my classes, just <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I still do it. I still find myself doing it all day, but I try to provide more meaning into mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. It's not just like, what you guys do today? I'm nervous and I just can't handle silence. So I'm just going to keep talking, you know? It, it, I just, you know, describe why these movements are important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I maybe check in on a client or two. Hey, you know, lift your arm, lift your gaze, push the floor away when you're doing this. And I just talk to the body. Instead of talking just to talk, I talk to the body. And that has been the best thing mm-hmm. for me. And um, I, as a teacher, I love being a student. I have so many mentors that I admire and I've taken little pieces of what they've taught me and how I've, you know, cultivated that into my own um, has just been so cool. And I know there's so many more elders of mine that I'm going to look up to and just be like, wow, why haven't I been doing that the whole time? I love how they lead. I love how they make me feel comfortable. I love how their energy lights up the room. Mm-hmm. Um, those people are special. They're very special and they mean a lot to me. And I think that's what keeps me driven to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, And to have someone so special like you 
um, have the courage to tell me how you feel about my presence in the gym or in the yoga studio or as a friend, I admire that, you know, whether it's constructive criticism or love, it's so amazing to establish connection like that. I don't criticize, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but it, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's nice to be open to that because that's the other thing with yeah. yoga is dropping the ego. Yeah. Let go really of that is. expectation of like, well, I can't do the splits. So that mm-hmm. means I can't do yoga. It's like, you don't need to do the splits to be able to do yoga. But now that you bring it up, if you really think about it, like most people who do yoga, like especially the instructors, I've never met an asshole instructor. <laughs> That's amazing. You know? Yeah, I, right? Have you? I have not met an (laughs) asshole instructor, but I've met instructors that maybe didn't align with my energy. Okay. And that's okay. You know, we're their energy. Exactly. You know, we're not, each of us are not meant to, you know, please everyone. Mm hmm. Do I think that teacher is great? Of course, in their own way, shape, or form, they're mm-hmm. filling someone's cup of tea, right? Yeah. Mine, my cup was a little empty. I was yeah. not very satisfied. But again, it's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. I let my ego get in the way of that class probably, and I just simply didn't embrace it the way I wanted to. Um, th- but every class is a good class. But I think sometimes that's, I wonder if that's one of the good outcomes like of yoga you know like when you take the time to really get into your body to feel it and to be one with it it's like that opportunity because oftentimes we're so busy we don't even realize where one is or if one's missing you know or if it's silly to think that I get that all the time um for whatever reason I get it more in my Pilates and strength training classes. I I mean, as you know, mm-hmm. I always integrate a warm-up and a cool-down. Mm-hmm. Um, I always integrate stretch and breath and movement and connection. And not just so that people can experience yoga. And I yoga. love that, by the way. Thank you. And I don't do it for people to, you know, experience yoga. I'm not pushing mm-hmm. it on them. I'm doing it because I, I think it's just as important as brushing your teeth in the morning. Or, you know, washing your face in the evening or washing your hands. Or being kind to yourself, kind kind to your body for what it went through. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And I find people resisting that connection, you know, right? Mm -hmm. The minute it's time to stretch, even if there is, you know, five minutes left of the 60 minutes that they have set aside, they already know. It'd be one thing if it was five minutes over, Mm -hmm. but there's if they're still within the time slot they've set aside... They're only staying till we start stretching. The minute we start stretching at the end, roll up the mat, grab the weights, peace out in the car. And I I just, I crack up. I crack up because I get it. You know, we all have our lives Mm -hmm. and I don't, I try my hardest not to take those those things personal. I used to when I was young, when I was like 18, 19, starting to teach. Oh my gosh, they hated my class. They're leaving. No, they're a mom. They probably got kids to pick up. They got things to do. It's not personal. Um, and if it is, so what? <laughs> right. Like, mm-hmm. But it's actually important. It's most likely they yeah. had to leave. But with, when if it's within that time span, mm-hmm. I always encourage my students to say, hey, you know, if you have to leave, I totally get it. Have a wonderful day. And thank you for being here. If you can stay for the last five minutes of your 60-minute class that you signed up for, 
I highly recommend you stay. Mm. Let's get the lactic acid out of your muscles. Let's stretch. Let's reconnect. Let's take it back to the roots. Why you showed up today. Why did you dress up and roll out your mat and sweat this morning or afternoon Mm -hmm. or evening? There's intention behind it. Let's connect with that intention. And people get silly about it. They get really uncomfortable. They don't want to address it. They feel embarrassed. How? No, my goals are silly. No one wants to hear about that. No, I'm not important. I don't even want to hear about it. And we, it's like our, we give, 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 especially people who have families. I got to give, pick up my kids. I got to give, I got to make dinner. I got to give, I got to make sure I say hi to my husband or my wife. I got to give, I got to, there's just so many ways that we leave ourselves behind (laughs) in five minutes of connection is looked at kind of silly sometimes because we're so used to giving why would we have time to receive it ourselves let alone provide that for ourselves Mm -hmm. if someone tells you you're doing a good job okay thank you when you tell yourself you're doing a good job I mean even now I I struggle with that sometimes and I get really down I don't like the way something Mm -hmm. turned out I'm like, I don't know if I really believe that. I don't know if I believe what I'm telling myself. And I have to reconnect and say, whoa, 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 whoa. You got out of bed this morning. You got dressed. You showed up to work. You're doing great, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Come on now. You don't need someone else to tell you you're doing a good job to know you're doing a good job. Yeah. Like shutting the ego and Turn remembering the, ego the truth. Off. Yeah. <laughs> work with the ego. Yeah. Let the ego support you in a right in the in a mm-hmm. very nice, confident way. We're allowed to have confidence. We're allowed to stand in our truth. And I think everyone should stand in their truth as long as it comes from a place of love. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we can't accept things, there is, I think a lot of times there's fear involved, you know? Like even when like a yoga practice, you may not be ready to say namaste in the beginning of it. But at the end, you know, to say it out loud, to actually be thankful you know, for that practice or to say the light within me honors the light within you, like it can be heartfelt, you know, to acknowledge something that you may or may not know exists. Yes. That energy, you know? Yes. I 100% align with that. I think it's so valuable to understand the meaning behind Mm -hmm. your own individual practice, whether it has anything to do with your chakras being aligned or knowing Sanskrit, or um, having a everyday practice, uh, any amount is the perfect amount. Mm-hmm. And I say it over and over and over and over again in all my classes because everyone needs to be reminded that the amount of effort they're putting in is more than enough. It's, it so is. <laughs> Daisy, I'm so impressed by you. Like, you're, you seem so much older than your, like – actually physical and stated age. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think a lot of people seek that balance but don't know how to get it. But you seem like you actually are maintaining that balance. I was wondering, actually, so as a yoga, what do you do when you have those, those moments when you think you don't like yourself or do you anymore, you know, or when you just want to berate yourself or is it less? <laughs> That is a great question, and I'm happy to answer that for you. Uh, Yes, I absolutely have days like that still. (laughs) I would not be human if I didn't. Um, I usually do exactly what I am doing now, 
when I feel in a state of discontent with myself or I'm not meeting the standards I've set for myself, I take a step back and I write down what I aspire in myself. I write down the very basic, basic level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds silly, but it, it it truly works for me. You know, the whole wake up at 6 a.m., do this, do that, uh, you know, draw every day, learn a, learn a new skill, um, read inspiring content. It doesn't have to be a textbook that makes you want to sleep. You know, it can be something fun. <laughs> um, and find ways to be inspired, go on a hike. Uh, I, I really try to sit in that discontent and write it out. I always let it out. And it's the hardest thing when I am not in my journal practice, I do find that I can only go so far before I start to lose my mind a little bit because all these staggered thoughts in my head start to bounce around and show up at times when I don't want. I mean, it's like having a conversation like this and someone comes in the room and throws one of those bouncy balls into the room and it starts bouncing Mm -hmm. all over the place. Next thing you know, we're distracted and we can't talk and it's like, ah. When moments like that happen, which is how I feel, it's like a bouncy ball coming into my head and it's like, you're going crazy. I always just take time to write it out, let it out, cry, (laughs) have a good cry, Uh, look at yourself in the mirror, write down why you are upset. Mm -hmm. Why am I upset with myself? Why do I not feel like I'm enough? Is this stemming from a childhood trauma? Is this an insecurity that developed in a previous relationship I maybe had? Uh, And how can I improve? Should I maybe seek therapy? Should I be taking more yoga? Mm-hmm. And usually that's what it is. It's usually, well, I haven't been practicing. I've only been teaching. I've only been leading. And then I go to my next job. And then I clean the house. And then I go to bed. When I'm out of alignment of my continuous self-check-in, I usually spiral. And I find that with a lot of clients as well. Um, usually like clients with their first time seeing me. I'm in discontent. I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. I'm tired. I'm sluggish. And I know I need to drink more water and I know I need to eat better. And I'm like, well, there you go. (laughs) You already, and I, and I tell my students this time and time again, you already have the tools for success. Bells and whistles are great. You know, if you want to add resistance bands, you want to add dumbbells, you want to get a brand new yoga mat. Sure. Fine. Do it and have that be your inspiration, your fuel to show back up. Um, But, you know, we all have our own internal intuition about how we survive in this world. And if you know that you should be drinking more water or, you know, you want to be more mindful of how you eat and you know you should do it, but you just don't want to do it, how can you expect a different outcome? How can you? Like that may be your message. (laughs) That's the message. Mm -hmm. We all know, you know, I always feel bad around this person. I always feel exhausted after I hang out with them. Or they make me feel bad they about myself. They make me feel bad about mm-hmm. myself. Write it down, acknowledge it, and see what happens when you take time away from that person mm-hmm. and focus more on yourself. Uh, and I find these things time and time again to be the root cause of discontent. You know, we're all human. We all 
socialize with different people. We all have our own ways, our own remedies, uh, family traditions. And um, sometimes that consistency can show up in consistent behavior that doesn't make us feel well. Just because it's a tradition doesn't mean it's right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how I how I tend mm-hmm. to troubleshoot those feelings of discontent. I try to just step back, write it down, and set a new set of goals that help me reconnect with myself. I think that's really admirable because a lot of the stuff that you said, you've chosen not to run away. I think many of us run away. It's easy to run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually am running until I either fall or hit a mm-hmm. wall yeah. for me to but you're like, and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm obviously running away from my problems. <laughs> Sit yeah. down, go to World Market, get a new candle, <laughs> and... Get re-inspired and forget everything else. But Daisy grabs him <laughs> by the balls and be like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I do not think so. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, Daisy, what a joy. It's been so good to see you again. It's been an honor. Thank you for having me, Michelle. And how can we find you? You can find me on social media at Daisy Thayer, all one word. Um, if you are interested in making a one-on-one session with me, um, I usually do, uh, one-on-ones, but I have been doing more private events lately. Wow. Um, I'm, I will be creating a website soon mm-hmm. for everyone to book me for birthdays or, uh, one-on-one sessions, events, the like, um, and, that will be posted on my Instagram. I'm slowly re-emerging into social media worlds and virtual worlds, uh, so bear with me. But as of now, my information is up there. My email is on there as well. Uh, and I would love to meet anyone and everyone who wants to further their practice. And if you're listening, I'm talking to you because you're already taking one step closer. (laughs) You're the best. Like, I can't help but have, like, a gigantic smile on my face. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. And I'll come and look for you, too. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you next time on another edition of Lost or Found. If you're loving the podcast, please tell your friends. Subscribe and leave us a great review. And follow Dr. Michelle Choi on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.